0: Hey ladies and gents, and welcome back to episode 8 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Beyond. And Dominic.
1: Good afternoon, Jared.
0: So we're going to get right into what we've been playing. Um, I haven't been playing too many video games this week. Um, played a couple of chapters in Dead Space. Uh, I played The Elder Scrolls Legends Beta, which I'll talk about later. Played Smite, as always. Um, I actually finished Daredevil Season 2, which is fantastic. Ooh. And I think once all of us have caught up to speed and finish both the seasons, I want to have a standalone podcast about it, about the okay. series as a whole and characters and how it relates to the MCU and stuff like that. I um, thought it was a fantastic series, really good. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. What about you guys?
2: For me, uh, super excited to get Ratchet and Clank this week. Um, finally got around to playing it, and it's... I mean, for a $40 reimagining remake of the original PS2 game, which I love so much, I don't think I really could have asked for anything else out of this. I I love it so far, and I'm probably about five or six hours in, Um, so I've been playing that quite a bit, and then uh, Borderlands as well, I went back to that on PS3. Um, I know I was talking about doing the Assassin's Creed Unity Platinum Hunt, but i think i kind of got my fill of ac from the syndicate dlc so um i went back to the platinum hunt on borderlands which i'm only one trophy away from but it's just taking some time to get to so uh been playing original borderlands dlc and that's about it awesome dumb
1: man you guys are really going back dead space and borderlands shit.
2: i love those my ps3 games man <laughs>
1: So for me, it's been lots of Dark Souls 3. Lots of Dark Souls 3. I'm pretty far. Nice. Took a break to also play a little Ratchet & Clank, and man, I love it too. We're going to talk about <laughs> it a little later. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm still in the first season of Daredevil, so pretty soon I'll catch up to Jared. He sped through that. Um, nice. But also, Jordan and I both just finished um, season 2 of Better Call Saul. Um, yeah. Which we're both pretty high on. Um, it is... It is a, I don't want to say more boring show than Breaking Bad, but quite frankly, I mean that's the truth. It is a, it's a different show. It's slower paced. There's not, there's not the same kind of action that you saw in Breaking Bad. Two seasons in. There's no, uh, yeah. There's no Walt throwing down bombs and drug trap houses or anything like that. <laughs> but it's still really good, so we recommend it.
0: Awesome. So before we get into the news as usual, uh, we actually got a comment on one of our YouTube videos and. If you guys watch us on YouTube, wherever you guys uh, listen to this podcast and take it in, uh, feel free to comment on our videos. Uh, We check them out and we'll be willing to respond to any questions, concerns, comments you guys have. Uh, Langsta Gaming actually wrote on our Dark Souls 3 video, uh, Dom's topic, talking about Dark Souls 3 and his early thoughts. He said, I have a question for you guys. Why did Destiny have such a bad rap for not having a more in-depth story, but at the same time, it seems to me that the division and from what I understand from this podcast, Bloodborne did not have a very large story either. Maybe it's just because it's Bungie? Question mark. So, what are your guys' thoughts on him feeling as if Destiny got a batter out for having a bad story, and these other games are kind of let free without that burden?
2: Well, I think the difference here is the fact that with Destiny, there was no story at all, <laughs> and with these other two games, like we'll take Division and uh, Bloodborne, since I don't know about Dark Souls, but. Uh, I think they're pretty similar in the way they tell their stories. Wouldn't you agree, Dom?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
2: But anyways, yeah. The uh, Division and Bloodborne, they tell their stories. They have a story. They have characters, and they have um, people you care about and events that you care about. Uh, But they just tell their stories maybe a little bit different than, you know, a Call of Duty or an Uncharted would that's more straightforward. So a little less hand holding it seems like exactly and especially with bloodborne and the souls games it's like very esoteric and very uh you kind of have to work a little bit to get to the the bottom of the story so
1: word of the day esoteric
2: <laughs> there you go but uh especially with destiny man i beat the campaign and there was nothing there like the characters were Any characters that were there just never panned out, and you never even learned anything about them that made you care. The cutscenes were like extremely bare bones, and you could just tell like it was a sore lack of effort, especially coming off of these awesome Halo stories that they used to tell.
0: A lot of people contribute that kind of stuff to them uh, being taken over by Activision, um, because Activision has its own rep, obviously, Uh, which is funny. Sometimes people say you know Activision's all about the money, all Businesses are about the money it's about making a profit yeah. that's whole point <laughs> but people feel that activision rubs them the wrong way about like microtransactions and maybe not d- delivering a product they kind of uh advertise uh dom you have any opinions on this what do you think
1: well yeah bloodborne and dark souls in particular like there's a lot of story there and quite a bit you just got to find it <laughs> yeah you got to work for it and you got to read between the lines I mean, not even read between the lines you got to like Dive in between the lines and pull out your magnifying glass and dig around <laughs> to figure out what's going on. And even then, it's still confusing. Um, and it's it's cryptic, but it's all there. And if you look deep enough, like it's interesting.
0: I think it's like this. So, um, you know, Destiny is there's no chest, right? You walk into a room and there's no chest. With Dark Souls, you walk into a room, there's a chest and it's up to you whether or not you want to open the chest and dig deeper and find what you want to look for, or you can close the chest and never look at it. But at least the chest is there in the first place, right? Like, you have a choice.
2: Yep.
1: In fact, there's a massive chest ahead. The
0: door's locked. You have to pay $0.99 to enter. Um... (laughs) Something
2: Something else to note here is the fact that, you know, we got all these court documents, and then we even got leaks on Reddit and YouTube and stuff where we saw all this information about how Destiny was, like, especially in its story department, was just ripped apart about a year before it was supposed to come out, uh, or a, a, the year that it was supposed to come out and a year before it eventually did come out. So they totally changed the game like way close to launch, and I think that's the reason that the original Destiny 1.0 suffered so much and it got 7s instead of 8s or 9s and how how big the response was on, on Taken King or Destiny 2.0.
0: Agreed. Um, after getting out of that comment, thank you again, Links to Gaming, for leaving us the comment. That's actually my friend, Jeremy. Um, thank you for commenting on our videos. Uh, shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Jeremy. So the first news story here, guys. Uh, Platinum Games president Tatsuya Minami, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, is has stepped down from Platinum Games. So uh, this comes by way of Cal Hilliard over at Game Informer. It says, according to a report from a Japanese website, GameBusiness.jp, Platinum Games' president and CEO Tatsuya Minami has stepped down from his position. According to a translation from Gamatsu, Kenichi Sato has been named as Minami's successor. You can find Sato's Twitter account, and then they link to it. Uh, Platinum Games is releasing Star Fox Zero on Friday, uh, to mixed reviews um, as a GameCube game. Uh, Also has (laughs) Scalebound, Nier Automata, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants of Manhattan in the works. So they have a lot of games in the works, um... And this is kind of crazy, you know, Scalebound was delayed. Um, Maybe he wasn't happy with the industry, maybe this doesn't reflect the game at all, but a lot of times, whether he wants it to reflect the game, it's going to affect the outcome of the game because it's somebody new in charge, right? Uh, How do you think this affects Scalebound and their projects moving forward?
2: I think Scalebound was originally anticipated for this year, and then they delayed it out of this year. So, um, like I said before on the show, I don't really consider Platinum to be Platinum. They're more like Bronze. So, um, their games aren't ones that I'm just super over the top excited for. Yeah. But at the same time, they make solid games. Um, I am excited to see, so- uh, Scalebound, but I, I, I'm starting to get worried about that game for sure.
0: Dom, you have any thoughts on Platinum having a new leader? Do you think it's going to change their quality of games? game? Sawy Jordan's happy with them?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see, I guess. We'll see how much of an effect someone that high up has. I, I mean, these projects are already already happening, right? Like Scalebound's already... Like, it's coming out. It's, it is what it is. There's project teams that are working on it, independent of, you know, the day-to-day oversight of whoever like the studio head might be. But hopefully it doesn't have a huge impact, or if it does, it's only for the better. They can graduate from Platinum... Or rather from Bronze to Platinum.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Scalebound getting delayed, uh, another game was actually delayed. Mirror's Edge Catalyst has been delayed. Uh, It recently had a closed beta and they actually made an official message on their own website which is pretty interesting and I'm not going to read the whole thing but they basically talk about how the beta gave them uh, an eyesight into issues they were having. Uh, The social play features which is really weird. It's another game getting delayed for social reasons i.e. Mighty Number 9 which is really weird people don't talk about you know especially with like mega man same thing with mirror's edge they don't talk about having that experience socially it's you know a unique experience to somebody themselves uh it was delayed uh it was originally going to be coming out in may uh 24th i believe and it's been delayed to june 7th in north america and june 9th in europe Uh, they say we're confident that these extra two weeks will make sure the game is as amazing and possible uh for you for for you the players uh thank you for all your continued support and excitement. Uh, the return of faith is imminent. So uh, another game was delayed, obviously, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Uh, did either of you play the original Mirror's Edge?
2: Nope. No, but I'm planning on playing it before the next one comes out, if that ever happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was it was a two-week delay, which isn't seriously bad. Um, but it's weird that they they shouldn't have stated it was for social play reasons. They just should have said it was getting delayed two weeks. Sure. Because now people are going to complain. It's like, why are you delaying it for multiplayer when the multiplayer is probably going to die out in a week? You know, so it's like... Yeah. They shouldn't have stated it that way. It's cool that they made their own message and posted it on their website and they controlled the messaging. Um, but it's it's just weird that they mentioned that. Do you think it's weird for games to to mention that they're getting delayed for social regions, Dumb.
1: I have no idea. I mean... Uh, how long is the delay again?
0: It's only two weeks. It was May 24th, right. uh, and now it's June 7th.
1: I mean, it's, it's like an Uncharted 4... I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. This what this game wasn't on my radar in particular, but I don't. It, I mean, it's not a big deal, I guess.
0: I think it's an issue if it gets delayed again, right? That's going to be the issue.
1: Yeah. Well, it's. I don't think it's the first time this one got
2: delayed, but it got delayed I will from say, February. It was originally going to come out February twenty right.
0: third. Then it got delayed t- till May twenty fourth, and this was before the beginning of the year. I think this is still in twenty sixteen or twenty. So I, I forget what year it is. I'm Just
2: not really sure why you would need to say. I guess. It's probably a good thing to try to tell people why you're delaying a game so they feel more comfortable about it. But at the same time, I mean, it's your business, and you're going to get it out when you can get it out. It's up to you and no one else. So I don't know why you have to tell them, yeah, like you said, Jared, that it's social. You can just say, we're delaying it, and then people won't be angry if it's for dumb reasons.
0: Yeah, I guess it's cool that they're transparent about it. And it's not really, it's a lose-lose, because people are going to be mad one way or another for a game coming out two weeks later. But hey, that's okay. You have two weeks to play everything else you already have, all the cool games. Um, but the next story here uh, is a PSN story. So five years after a hack that took down the PlayStation Network, PSN is getting two-factor authentication um, or authentication. Uh, it's been five years since PlayStation Network uh, intrusion brought Sony's online gaming service down for more than a uh, more than three weeks. Uh, the result left user data exposed and cost the company one hundred and seventy million dollars. Uh, Sony is now ready to implement two-factor authentication, a process that helps safeguard user accounts from theft. When using that form of login, users need to provide a code separate from a password and generate it on demand. So this is a way for them to kind of, you know, get their security a little bit beefier. Um, it's weird that it took five years for them to address these kind of issues, um, but at least they're finally addressing them. How do you guys feel about this announcement? Do you guys feel safer on PlayStation that your
2: user information isn't going <laughs> to get taken?
1: I don't feel safe <laughs> anywhere, to be honest. But
2: yeah,
1: I. I also totally agree that. with Dom.
2: Yep, I think PlayStation, Bank of America, Target, Walmart, whatever. I mean, if somebody out there wants to hack you enough, they can they can hack you. So, I think that PlayStation, they just had it again, along with Microsoft in the Christmas hacks, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon.
1: I mean, use use credit cards on all these accounts, right? Don't use debit cards. A lot easier to get your money back if uh, if you have credit card charges, as opposed to debit card charges that go straight to your account, right?
0: It's it's cool that they're doing something about it. I I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's necessary making people feel safer, especially with like the DDoS attacks last week on Blizzard and everything. Um, and it's weird that it came up. It took them five years to do this. Uh, if anything, it seemed like this could have been something you could have announced with the launch of the PS4 and had that implemented. I don't know, just weird uh, to me the timing, anyways. Um, but our next story: AMD expects 1.5 billion in future revenue for three new gaming processors. Uh, but what are they? So the PlayStation 4 Neo, which you guys have probably heard plenty about this week, uh, and the Nintendo NX are likely for two of these. Uh, who's the third? One can only speculate. It's Xbox, obviously. Um, this is a very long article. I don't really want to get into it, but if you guys want to read it, it'll be in the description below on the news breakout on YouTube. And it's by Sam over at ArsTechnica.com. And, you know, there's rumors of the PlayStation 4.5 Neo. The NX is more than likely going to be launched this year and using AMD. Um, People are assuming, just like Dom said last week, Xbox has something up their sleeve. The interesting thing in this report is it states that one of them is going to be launching in 2017. So, if it is how we expect, uh, Neo rumors are it's going to be launching this fall. NX rumors are it's going to be launching this fall. The last one left, if it's the Xbox, means it's going to be the Xbox next year. Um, So, what do you guys think about this for AMD, you know, making all this profit off of consoles? And, uh, yeah, what's your guys' whole opinion on this $1.5 billion in future revenue they have
1: set up? Oh, like I was saying earlier, consoles are keeping AMD alive, at least (laughs) to some extent.
2: I definitely think AMD would be the one to know since. They're putting the chips in the boxes, you know. I mean, they're not making consoles for anybody else, I don't think. It's not like, you know, an Apple console or the next NVIDIA Shield. Obviously not, since that would be made by NVIDIA, <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that. It's not like and an and OUYA, I guess. surprising I'm twist not, of events. Yeah, it's AMD not GPUs. Like, <laughs> random consoles. NVIDIA
1: Shield.
0: I would like to see what's in each one. Like, if we could have, like, an... If they could just tell us the three different ones and to say they were different and people had to speculate which one was in which, obviously it wasn't the leak. Did, did, did they leak the the one for Neo?
1: The GPU specs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. Okay. So well, I guess we
0: already know that one if it's the case.
1: It wasn't AMD that leaked it. But... No,
0: no, no. Yeah, but we can assume that it's an AMD, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely is. So we have yeah. idea of what one of them is. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know that's a lot of money to be made, and with three consoles uh, releasing this year, it's, it's well two this year and one next year. It's going to be very interesting um, to see how this all shakes out. I'm going to you know PlayStation Neo just a little bit. We have a couple minutes here left to talk about um, the news and everything. Uh, I wanted to have your guys' uh, opinions on you know with these consoles coming out. You know the NX, which kind of falls in its own category, um, and then the X, the next Xbox, Xbox. or whatever that's going to be, and then Neo, obviously. Do you guys think that this is a dangerous game PlayStation's playing? Um, Obviously, if the Xbox 1.5 launches next year, they have a little bit of time to tailor their message, right, and get it across in a way that people like. That is, if PlayStation's Neo doesn't come across as something people don't like. Uh, What do you guys think about this whole move towards these .5 consoles in in the respects of Sony and Xbox?
2: Well, one thing to mention is the fact that microsoft really screwed themselves into a corner naming it the xbox one which is already a terrible name but i don't know how they're gonna move on from here like like you're gonna call it the xbox two but it's like the fourth xbox or whatever i don't know xbox 1.5 or two it's it's a lose-lose situation for them naming wise
1: well well aside from naming i'm i kind of like this whole concept um Everyone's different and everyone's in different situations, but I like the idea of being able to upgrade to a newer, you know, iteration of a console every three years instead of waiting eight to ten. Yeah. Um, I know a lot, like, this isn't usually how consoles have been, obviously, and so when when this first comes out, a lot of people feel, you know, like they're getting slapped in the face because they're used to their console being good for eight years, and now the perception is that, well, well three years later, mine's not even the good one anymore. If you try to detach yourself from that school of thought and just understand that, I mean, assuming this is how they do it, that, you know, the old consoles will play everything new the same.
0: But here's the thing, I think it's all about perspective, right? You play PC games,
1: don't you? Yeah, so I mean that's the thing is, like, there's always been something better available than consoles, right? At the end of the day, though, no matter what, no matter what the situation is, it's all about how it looks and how people perceive it. it. It's optics, right? So if people get pissed about this, and it gives Sony that image, whether or not it's a good or bad move for the industry. I mean, it's about how people perceive it. So, it, the marketing on this and the messaging is very important, no matter what they do.
2: I don't. Go ahead. Sony. I don't necessarily know that I would want to upgrade every three years. I'm honestly, if I'm gonna go from four to four point five on my PlayStation, it's gonna have to be. And honestly, I think Sony would be stupid not to do this but i think they're going to have to have some trade-in program where you send them back like to sony and then they, you know, they give you the 4.5 because otherwise if you're not getting it like, you know, half off or 150 200 off whatever, it's just going to suck for all those people that bought a ps3 in the last 3 years. I don't think that's long enough time to expect someone to want to upgrade for the mass market, you know?
0: Well, and the thing is, too, is think about it this way. People are saying that, you know, people shouldn't be upset about this whole PlayStation thing and then coming out with another console. You have your console. You should be happy with it. But then on the same token, they say, you know, Nintendo's screwing over their fans that bought the Wii. And the Wii, I mean, the Wii U. Like, So it's like one on one side of it, they're saying that people are getting screwed over because a new console is coming out so soon because that weather one was a failure, which I understand the point of that. But then on this point, it's like a new console is coming out and it's okay. Like, I I think the time frame is the whole issue. Um, With the whole perspective thing, I've played consoles my entire life. Um, I recently got into PCs because I was financially secure enough to buy a a PC that could play games uh, the last three years. Uh, Coming from a console background, I don't want to upgrade every three years. If I wanted to upgrade, I would spend money on a PC and I would upgrade parts in it and upgrade that way. When you, the, the way yeah. people see consoles, and I understand you can change the way people see this, but there's a reason there's two different markets is because people expect two different things. If they were all the same, then they wouldn't all exist.
1: You don't have to upgrade, though. You can still wait eight years, and the games will still work. As they do.
0: Yes, but here's the thing. is like uh, Colin stated this in PS, yes, I love you. They say there's not going to be anything exclusive on the new console. There is. Its performance is going to be exclusive to that console.
1: And yeah. he's also the one that always says that frame rates and resolution don't matter. Too, I don't though. think they
0: matter either. <laughs> I'm in that camp too. I honestly don't care whether a game runs at 900 or 1080. It doesn't matter to me. Is the gameplay solid? Does the gameplay well? You know what happens when these new consoles come out? developers get rushed and they have to kind of put these games and they get delayed and stuff happens in the the game development process and you know things like Batman on PC can happen where the game isn't even playable when it launches
2: but even on the lower end for the base mode regular PlayStation 4 you're asking does the game run well does it work and a lot of times they don't a lot of times you have to wait for the second or third patch before the frame rate's stable and even then it still dips and Sometimes it's running at 900p instead of 1080. So the PS4 is already struggling, and it's the most powerful of the three.
0: Yep.
2: It, you know, it's, it's already struggling to keep up with the times. So if you're stretching it out and having this higher-end version that's pushing the medium even farther, then, yeah, the, the base PS4 is going to suffer big time, I think.
1: That's, that's the biggest reason I'm okay with this, too, is because when the PS4 and Xbox One came out, they were already way underpowered. They were already needing an upgrade at that point, technically. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's what's pushing this. And also, because they went to this um, x86 architecture, it's more like a PC, right? That's that's going to, like, this was their vision from the start, is my guess, is that they were going to have iterations that are, you know, two or three steps before going onto a whole new platform. Because with this, going forward, everything will still be backwards compatible because of the architecture they're on. They're not going to have this jump from the cell processor in the ps3 to what they have you know now where it was just a pain to move things to the ps3 and yeah. can't be emulated going forward because it was so proprietary and unique yeah so that kind of stuff won't be a problem anymore um so yeah i think this was their vision from the start really
0: I have, so I have a couple of things to end this conversation with one i think i don't think neither of us are necessarily wrong uh dom we're in separate uh perspectives of this argument right um I think it's a 50-50 thing, really. I think people see it the way you do and people see it the way I do. Of like, I don't care about frame rates to the extent of that kind of nitpicky, um, right? It doesn't matter if a game runs at X60 FPS to me. It might matter to you. That's great. You come from more of a PC console background. You underst- You want them to upgrade. I don't really see that. Um, I think what Sony needs to do is they need to shift over that 15 to 20% and make it a 70-30 conversation instead of a 50-50. And if they can do that, then this console this console launch will be... I wouldn't say console launch, but upgrade, launch, or whatever you want to call it, will be a hit. I think it's kind of getting that opposite argument and, you know, marketing in such a way that people like that. Um, One thing that Xbox has going for it over PlayStation is that they're so in touch with Windows 10, right? Um, Recently, Quantum Break, an exclusive for Xbox, uh, console exclusive, uh, was cross-buy if you pre-order it, which is pretty awesome. So if you wanted that upgraded 60 FPS experience and you're all about that stuff – you'd assume that you have a gaming PC. So therefore, you'd assume that if the cross-buy, if you want a better experience, you play on PC then. So it's kind of an interesting take on that.
1: The one problem with that situation in particular that I, I read about recently was it was cross-buy. So what happened was if you bought, on, bought it on Xbox, they would give you a code for PC, yeah. for like the Windows Store or whatever. So essentially what was going on is people were buying it on Xbox and then just selling their codes, their PC codes, right? Yeah. So right now, if you want a PC quantum break code, you can probably get it like half the price. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal for us, but I and I've, I assume that Microsoft knew that that was going to be a consequence of that decision. But maybe there's a better way to make it, you know, cross by without, yeah, allowing cause people to sell their codes
2: like that. That would that would be crazy on PlayStation, you know, it's just connected to your account, so you don't have any codes right. or anything like that. I don't know.
0: Well, Windows 10 is so new to it, too. Like, I think it's them having an issue having that kind of thing linked in maybe people aren't super familiar with it but i do think it might be these two things might be going in separate directions considering xbox is so closely tied to windows 10 and microsoft obviously and playstation is doing this whole like point five console thing um who's to say that xbox is going the same route as playstation it wouldn't be surprising if they did but it could be that they're going more of the slim route, right? Um it's gonna be interesting to see how these two consoles if they go in the same direction, it's gonna obviously be easier for both of them because they're you can't argue against oh, PlayStation's doing this, Xbox is doing that, if they're both doing the same thing. But if they go in complete two completely opposite opposite directions, it's gonna find out what people actually want out of consoles moving forward. It's gonna be really right. interesting.
1: Hopefully it's the same and that that just becomes the new industry standard. That way, you know, it doesn't look bad on either. But we'll see. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Very exciting. So getting into our first topic here, both of you guys talked about uh, at the beginning of the show that you guys have been playing Ratchet and Clank recently. And uh, Dom, what's your
1: topic for us? Oh, well, it's just that. My favorite little (laughs) Lombax, as he's known in the universe. Ratchet. Lombax. Yeah, and his little robot friend Clank, who I've recently been introduced to. Um, So yeah, I just started this. Um, I've never played any of the previous games in the series. Not a one. Oh, wow. so, I mean, it, this was, like, an obvious, uh, like, one of the easiest buys I've ever made, right? 32 bucks after my Amazon Prime discount or whatever for this game that everyone's been raving about. I mean, it was it was the easiest decision I've made in a while. So, I love it so far. It's damn beautiful. I mean, it, I, everyone's been saying it, but it really is like playing a Pixar movie. Um,
0: it seems like you got a steal on the price.
1: Yeah, they have to be selling these like gangbusters, and hopefully they're making enough of a profit on it at only forty bucks. But yeah, it's 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 just great. I mean, I haven't played a I haven't played a like a mascot platformer um like this in a long time. Um, and this was a really a much needed change of pace for me, especially you know right in the middle of uh, Dark Souls three. Um, it's a, it's nice to jump out
0: completely night and day.
1: Exactly, jump out of that world and you know go into. The, Going to the, some, of, some of the planets um, that you can hop across in Ratchet and Clank. So, yeah, it's, it's without getting too detailed, I mean, it's just plain, like, it's fun, right? It's, like, it's just a fun game. Have you completed like, it? Nope. I'm about four hours in or so.
0: Okay. Are you taking, uh, like, the leisurely route? You're spending time with it, having fun, just...
1: Leaning back on my couch, just jumping around, shooting robots, having fun, yeah.
2: Awesome. So I am uh, also enjoying it quite a bit. Um, it's funny you mentioned that you haven't played these mascot platformers, and it's a nice change of play- pace. And uh, I love these mascot platformers, and I still play them to this day. And uh, Ratchet & Clank's one of my favorite series, going back to the original on PS2, which this is kind of a remake reimagining of. I actually just went back and played the remastered PS3 version, so... Um, yeah, I love these like little mascots jumping around, whether it's Sly Cooper or Jack and Daxter or whoever. And so for this coming out now, and then this movie coming out, that's that has been talked about for several years now. I'm like, I'm just in ratchet & clank heaven essentially. And um, the game itself is super beautiful, like you said. Uh, plays well on the PS4. I really haven't had any frame rate dips at all or anything like that. It's um, smooth. Yep yeah, it's a smooth experience. Um, it's really fun going back. Like I said, I just recently went back through the original on PS3. So it's fun comparing in my mind how, you know, the original looked versus what they've remastered it into. And, and just the subtle differences are really fun to look at. Um, some of the stuff I'm not loving about the game is the fact that Um, in a lot of ways there's, you know, new cutscenes and new bosses. It's not just a straight remake of the original, but at the same time, it does kind of feel like a PS4 remaster of a PS2 game, like running around with the character Ratchet doesn't feel quite as smooth as I think some other third person action games on the PS4 do. And there's just some stuff that kind of feels antiquated and feels kind of like, um, it came from the original PS2 game and they just never pulled it out. Um, One example of that is the fact that you're jumping around and you're strafing right to left, which I'm glad they added because they didn't have that in the original, but you're moving around quick and you're trying to go and, and, you know, keep it fast paced because there's all these crazy guns to use and these explosions going on. And then all of a sudden you get hit and it totally stops your character and ratchet like does this thing where he, you know, kind of, steps back for a second he's like whoa you know just
1: a flimsy little lombax man
2: i get that but you know you wouldn't (laughs) see that in really any other third person action game like you can get hit and it'll take your health down but it's not going to stop you and completely interrupt the pace of combat and you know just throw you off totally so i felt like that's there's little things like that in the game that feel kind of antiquated like they they should have been taken out since the original ps2 version but Who knows, I really think we're going to get a sequel with this. I think this is kind of resetting the Ratchet & Clank universe, and then I feel like we're going to get a full, you know, hopefully $60 because it's worth $60, but just a full-fledged new PS4 Ratchet & Clank that isn't remaking old worlds. That would be really nice because then they may take out some of the stuff that I was talking about.
1: I'll say I definitely agree. The controls, it's not quite as tight as I would like, especially coming from Dark Souls, which has, like, Probably the best like third person controls ever, in my opinion. <laughs> it's like it's it, it responds exactly how you want it to. Yeah. Uh, that that being Dark Souls, whereas yeah, Ratchet he's a little I don't know floaty maybe is the word I don't know. It's just he's not quite clopsy. as yeah, it's not quite as tight as you'd like it. But it, it, the, that kind of precision isn't needed in Ratchet and Clank like it is in Dark Souls either. Um, yeah. But then one other question, really quick. The original Ratchet and Clank was on PlayStation. Two or three?
2: Two. two. And then two, oh, okay. the first four games were on PS2, and then the next three were on PS3. Oh, there's
1: been a lot. Yes.
2: And that's the those are just the main parts of the series. Then there's two or three more spin-offs on the PS3, and a couple PSP games in there. Size matters. <laughs> <laughs> I've played them all, man. I love me some Ratchet & Clank.
0: So I... Didn't play this game. I obviously don't have a PS4. But there's uh, some takeaways I have from this that make me excited. So the first takeaway is that this $40 price point um, with The Witness and now Ratchet & Clank, both of those games are really solid. Uh, They did well critically. Um, The Witness did well commercially. And I don't think we've gotten super raw statistics on Ratchet & Clank, but you can say it sold pretty well um, from the looks of it. Um, I think opening up this $40 price point for games is really interesting. It shows that you can have a quality uh, product. Um, and it's, uh, you know the witness is a new IP and Ration Clank is an old IP, so it works it works with both of them. So it's pretty interesting yeah. that it's opening up this forty dollar avenue. I think that'll be a, a a bigger avenue for people once we get more towards digital distribution, not having to worry about retailers. The second thing is, I think you're saying you miss these mascot platformers. I think this shows game developers that people will play these games, and there is a way to make these games relevant in today's day and age. I think that's great. Oh yeah. Um, I want my Crash back. I want my Spyro
1: back. So um, yeah. What what's out there? What's out there right now that I'm missing, as far as platformers go? Well, real quick, name?
2: speaking of Spyro, shout out to Spyro because I had a buddy talking about Spyro when I was bringing up Ratchet and Clank and. Those were the days back on the PS one man. Shout out to Spyro real right. quick. Um
0: what's the one that's coming out that's by the uh uh the rare developers?
2: Yeah, ukulele, the former yeah, rare guys. There's cool. there's a couple little things like that, but really if you want a platformer, there's just a plethora of two D games to play these mm-hmm. days, yeah. you know.
0: Um going back, the third thing that this makes me excited for is I think that this could arguably be the best video game movie. Um they will be on once it comes game. out. Yeah, yeah. Until Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh, God, I hope. Jason Statham can only do so much. Um, but, you know, I uh, there's a lot of things that this game got me excited for, even though I didn't have a, the pleasure of playing it. So I think the $40 price point is huge. Um, I think that the return of mascot platformers, it shows that people can care about this. And you can market it in a way that people who aren't nostalgic on it can still want to play it. Um, I think you can, you know, move it up to today's standards, even though you said they could have done a little bit better with getting rid of those PS2 issues, um, and then lastly, I think that it's a really cool way to show that you can tie in video games to other mediums, uh, which is really cool, you know, making a movie gets people excited, they could probably make a comic book off of this, um, Ratchet & Clink is so kid-friendly, you could do a bunch of stuff, you can make action figures, you can make coloring books, and if you appeal to kids, especially in toy stores, you'll make a lot of money, and, um, I think it's, it's a good avenue for them. Though speaking about taking video games and putting them in different, uh, different mediums, what's your topic, Jordan?
2: Yeah, so uh, even bridging that over into Ratchet & Clank, uh, we're talking about, specifically for me, uh, different adaptations of video games and different forms of media, and uh, personally I'm talking about comic books mostly because I've been reading a lot of video game comics recently, um, but yeah, anything books, novels, uh, you know, animated films even uh alternate reality games in your web browser you know stuff like that anything that you guys like that is you know directly connected to one of your favorite video games um like I said speaking of ratchet and Clank um, I got this there's they've only ever done a six issue mini series for ratchet and Clank and I, it's pretty tough to find but I got it and uh I'm actually i haven't read it yet so I'm pretty excited to read it now that I'm playing the PS4 game um besides that uh you know how much I love Assassin's Creed and they've done uh like graphic novels before but they actually just started the first Assassin's Creed ongoing series and that's on issue 7 this month um and then on top of that they actually just started Assassin's Creed Templars comic series which is all about Templars which are very cool so um Loving the Assassin's Creed comic. Um, other comic adaptations that are really good, um, Mass Effect has some great comics. Uh, Mass Effect Redemption is about, uh, Liara to Sony, if you guys like that character. Um, just a 4-issue miniseries. Um, Mass Effect Homeworlds is another great one, which is, like, prequel stories about, uh, four of the different characters from mass effect one and two. And I mean, there's like, I could mention 10 or 20 other mass effect comics that are really great, but those are just to name a few. I might think of a couple others while you guys are talking, but what other kind of video game related media are you guys into?
1: So we're, we're so used to it going the other way and we see so much of that Batman, star Wars, whatever, you know, Um, looking back, I don't know that there's a whole lot that I've enjoyed that, went in the path you're talking about. I'm really looking forward to this Assassin's Creed movie mm. um, that could potentially be really good. I think that's a great... I mean, if I had to pick a franchise that could become a movie, a video game franchise, that yep. would be one that I think is prime, assuming they do it right. I think it's um, going to be good. Yeah. I mean, Michael Fassbender's playing does, does it, the assassin even have a name yet is it oh, yeah, Altaire
0: Jason Statham I meant Michael Fassbender <laughs> <My bad.
1: laughs> I thought oh, okay. that's what you meant earlier yeah. well, I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, my bad I just assumed that he was also in the movie like as no, a different person no wrong <laughs> wrong white dude yeah
2: my bad <laughs> yeah
1: they've named him
2: but I can't I can't remember exactly what it is he's uh, not one from the games okay okay. no he's a totally new assassin and he's also playing the guy in modern day as well
1: yeah I okay. would love I would have loved for them to do an Ezio uh, character in the movie that would be cool he was, yeah. I don't know, I liked him a lot in those games.
0: I think they're playing it the safe route. Like, if you make a new character, you don't get people pissed at you for telling the story of a character they already fell in love with wrong. And you also get to introduce yeah. people that aren't familiar with this world to this world. Um, if the character's strong enough, if it's anything like the the good assassins they've written before, I think it'll be solid. Um, I mean, there it's,
2: it's smart that they didn't just, you know, adapt Assassin's Creed 1 for that.
0: Exactly. Um, for Yeah, for me... Uh, like Dom, it's hard for me to think about things going in the opposite direction. Um, you know, Mass Effect is my favorite franchise, but I haven't gotten around to reading you know, the novels and the comics, which I kind of feel bad for. I need to. Um, you know, I, I love that universe so much so I'm kind of holding myself back from enjoying it more until I get Andromeda. So it's kind of my fault I need to get into those. Two things that come off at the top of my head when you first said this were there was a, there was a Portal fan film on YouTube that came out um like a year and a half ago maybe two years ago that was really solid I can't remember the name off the top of my head but they basically took uh Chell and put her in her it was I think it was a retelling or something like that it wasn't from Portal to Portal 2 it was like I think it was telling the story in between the games um
2: I've seen that I don't know what you're talking about yeah that
0: was pretty interesting the other thing was really recent uh Eli Roth did an animated little short film of Dark Souls 3 do you guys see that
1: what? Where I heard about it? Yeah, I mean, it's on like... the
0: internet. Just Google Eli Roth, uh, Dark Souls Three. It's really short. I wouldn't consider it a short film. I think it's only like a minute long. Uh, and it's then...
1: called a clip. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really cool though. It's really well done. Um, it feels very Dark Soulsy. Uh, it has a very Dark Soulsy end, which is cool. Uh, as far as I, I can't think of anything that's video game related as that I intake outside of video games. Um, off the top of my head, I don't read any comics that are video game related. Uh, there's obviously not movies.
2: What about novels? For example, um, I'm reading the uh, Mass Effect novels while I'm waiting for the second game, and that would be great to tide you over to Andromeda. The I know. I need to. The second good. one's yeah. uh, called Ascension, which is named after the the ship – or the project, I'm sorry. Yep. but
1: uh, And the famous God of War game.
2: Yeah, yeah. The first one's Revelation, that's all about Saren and him being a a Spectre and they're both really good. Written by Drew Carpitian, shout out to him, he's an awesome author. Writes a lot of Star Wars stuff. But uh yeah, like Mass Effect novels are great. The Bioshock has a prequel novel that's cool. Have you read any novels like that?
0: No, like I was stating I need to get into the Mass Effect stuff. Um, as yeah. far as like I'm trying to think of other video game franchises I would even really care enough about to do that kind of stuff with and Mass Effect is the one that keeps pounding me in the head of like you need to do this, you're dumb for not reading them. I'm like I you said, gotta check uh, out. 'em. I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm sitting here complaining that Andromeda got delayed and I'm not getting my fulfillment of everything in the Mass Effect universe. Like, there
2: you go, man. It'll tide you over.
0: Yep.
1: You just you just mentioned Bioshock. That that could be a novel. That could be a movie. I would I'd be into that. A Bioshock movie? Like, the, yeah.
2: There's a novel about how, like, the city of Rapture was built. That's that would be awesome. Bioshock. Yeah. It. It's called Rapture, Bioshock Rapture. Um, And then shout out to the Uncharted stuff. I haven't read. There's a book. I haven't read the novel, but I have read the comic series, and that's another six-issue miniseries. And that's really cool. Uncharted works awesome as a comic.
0: You know what I would read? The Konami Crash of 2015. <laughs> That's I'm what done. I would read. If somebody were to write a book about that, everything in that whole thing, like all of it, just how everything played out, how everything happened. You can even throw in the stuff with PT and everything. Like, I, just I was going to say know a documentary story. I just want to know everything that happened.
2: Speaking of the Konami crash, the, uh, they did this really cool thing where they turned Metal Gear Solid one and two into graphic novels, digital graphic novels. That's cool. And they're, like, motion comics. That's really cool. And so it's, like, the whole game's cutscenes as a motion comic, and it's really cool if you're into Metal Gear Solid.
1: I've always, like, loved the idea of a Last of Us movie or a Last of Us novel, but we have that. It's called The Road. (laughs) And I've seen (laughs) the movie. Also, if you want that, I'm going to
2: recommend to you the Last of Us American Dreams, which is four comics. And it's, like... It's a prequel to The Last of Us about Ellie and her friend from uh Yeah, Left Behind. The Left Behind DLC. So it's like if you play The Last of Us main campaign, play Left Behind, and you read the comic, they all three connect into like a triangle. Okay, it's cool. Really cool. I think Heavy
0: Rain could be a pretty solid movie.
1: It already is a movie, isn't
0: it? Heavy Rain?
1: No. Well I mean like <laughs> what well, kind of you're saying, the game. Right? Uh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Real quick, I think we, before we get off the subject, since we were talking about video games being turned into other mediums, if you could name one thing that isn't a video game right now that you'd want to see a video game form of, what would it be?
2: One thing hmm. that what?
0: One thing that isn't a video game that you'd want in video game form.
2: Like a media franchise or just it a It could thing. be a
0: franchise, it could be a character, it could be anything. Oh, uh, Daredevil. You want a Daredevil video game? You actually
1: don't even need a disc. You just need a That'd TV. Cool. So you do need it like, electricity.
0: Is it like Ace Attorney meets like arkham like, it's just a like black a screen warrior game and a, an action game
1: no it's just a black screen like
0: oh because he's blind wow all right actually there would be red in I've there been... like he see the world on fire
2: so i mentioned that i was reading the walking dead comic to tide me over till next season but um i was kind of like getting through that too fast so to slow myself down i went with the invincible comic also by robert kirkman i want to read that and i've heard
0: so much yeah. about that
2: if you guys haven't heard or, you know, read Invincible, the comic, I would definitely recommend it. Um, and, you know, it's superhero stuff, so there's all different kinds of superheroes and supervillains in that comic that would be totally cool for a video game. And you know me, I love a good third-person superhero game. So
0: Question. Give me a really quick pitch as to why I would like that comic and the main character, the main protagonist.
2: Well, do you like superhero comics in general? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's one cool thing is the fact that you don't know any of these heroes and they're not like tired in your mind of, oh, yeah, Spider-Man making another joke. I get it or whatever. You know, it's totally fresh to you. And
0: they're not tied to anything that you expect to see. Right. They're
2: totally, totally new and being introduced to you in the comic. So that's really cool. And then um, it has a hook. I don't know if you've ever heard Greg talking about it on Kind of Funny, but. There is something that kind of changes in, like, issue 12 or 13 that kind of hooks you into the series and, and is part of the overall narrative. Okay. Um. But if you enjoy superhero stuff, man, it's just overall a great superhero comic, even without the hook, that I won't spoil for you. So, um, I'd recommend it. And if you get to, like, 15 and you're still not feeling it, you're probably not going to love it. Can I know. get it
0: on what's the best avenue for it, Comicsology or...
2: Sure, like you have a tablet or something to read yeah, on. I have an That's iPad. how I usually, I usually read comics on my tablet or my computer, just because they fit so well on there. But yeah, there's Comicsology app for iOS.
0: Sweet. Um, to answer my own question, I asked you guys about like a franchise I would like to see in video game form. Uh, I just want like we talked about this before, but like more superhero games. Obviously, you have your infamous. Yes. But like, I just want more superhero games. And it's like, oh, it's flooding the market. There's already enough movies. I don't care. I want, I want more superhero games. Still, why don't yeah.
1: we have a Superman game? There's. Have
0: you seen Superman 64?
1: <laughs> You're right. I should go back and play that. You're no, right.
0: you shouldn't. I had to watch uh, – there's a channel called uh, The Completionist, uh, that one video gamer. He completes games, obviously. He completed that game in February. Arguably the worst game I've ever seen. And I didn't even wow. play it. it. It's awful. He seems so – defeated by that game it's so bad um it's pretty
2: messed up yeah
0: i i would want to see i like hulk hulk is my favorite superhero but there's no way you can make a game where it's not like a demo, like a demolition game and those kind yep. of games aren't really fun to me so it's like that i don't think it just really doesn't work in video game form
2: incredible hulk ultimate destruction for ps2 and xbox and gamecube i hated it it was those a great one. i
0: rented it i didn't like it
2: because I mean, there's a lot of destruction, but there's, you know, it's a superhero game with a story and characters and stuff. It's it's cool.
0: I recently got into the beta for The Elder Scrolls Legends, which is their new card game, um, and yeah, I had to download their launcher and everything. Uh, so, I wanted to talk real quick. I've played Hearthstone pretty extensively. I, I like the game a lot. I've played Magic for a very long time. Um, I've been playing Magic for, like, I'm 24 now, hold the one, carry the two, <laughs> like... 15 years, since I was, like, nine. Um, Whoa. I've been playing Magic on and off. Um, I actually didn't get into, like, standard Magic until, like, seven years ago, and then I realized that's too much money to invest, so I stopped playing it. Um, but I really like card games. They're something very quick, very tangible. Dom and I were talking about it before the show, that they work great on mobile, because sometimes people who don't like fully fleshed-out games on mobile, it's something you can pick up and play and get out, right? That works great for mobile. Um, the Other Scrolls takes the best parts of Magic... The Gathering and Hearthstone. So it's strategic enough where you have to decide how you're putting out cards, um, what kind of cards you have, that kind of stuff. And it's fun enough that you can move at a quick enough pace that feels good, like Hearthstone. Two things that it does that are really cool. It has a pretty strong narrative. Um, There's placeholder um, images right now, but I I don't know if it's going to be moving like motion comics or if it's going to be actual cutscenes. but they have very good voice acting in the game. Very solid voice acting like the other Scrolls series. Um from the main characters at least uh, and it uh, it has upgradable cards which is a really cool unique aspect of the game so say you have this this card that costs 3 to drop 3 mana and it's like a 3-3 three, three. it's like a vanilla creature doesn't do anything depending on what kind of boss you beat that card can get upgraded and become better so it's a really cool mechanic that I don't see in any other card games um, all of the cards are relevant to the franchise um, to Elder Scrolls to the IP um, and I think that's the biggest hook for me uh, so, you know, card games are here and there, but if you have a, a card game in a universe you really appreciate and you really love, and you like a Mass Effect card game would be awesome. But I love Elder yeah. Scrolls so much that I could play these other card games and get the same experience, but because this is in a universe I love, I just enjoy it playing it so much more. The voice acting is cool too, it lends to you wanting to play more because at the end of each match, there's something leading you on to the next one. A really co- another cool aspect of it in the story mode is that. Um so one of the encounters you had was you ran into this rogue kind of person, right? I think it was like a rogue nord. And you play through the you play through the fight and you fight him and you defeat him obviously, and at the end of it as the storyteller's telling the story, this girl's questioning back asking what happened, and you get to make the decision whether or not you kill him or you save him. And depending on which one you do, you get a different card for your deck.
1: So there's hmm. Savior
0: where you get him as a card and he has his own flavor text and his own abilities. Or there's killer. Obviously, those aren't the right words. And it's like, do three damage to a creature or something. So not only are you making changes in this very specific story to you, it affects your gameplay because you get cards depending on your choices. So you playing through the game could have a different base deck, three matches through the game than me. Uh, So it takes some of the cool aspects of Elder Scrolls. It's not just a card game with their artwork thrown on top of it. It very much has the Elder Scrolls flavor to it. Um, Do you guys... Uh, do you guys have any you know franchises that you'd want to play a card game in? And maybe if that's not something you want to talk about, uh, how does this game sound to you guys? This Elder Scrolls Legends game from, I my want Gwent, from telling you guys
1: about it. And I want Gwent right now on my phone. God damn it. No, but uh yeah. th- <laughs> No, this sounds like fun and uh, you mentioned earlier that it's only on PC, correct?
0: Uh the beta is only on PC. I was only allowed access on on PC, so I don't know if it'll come to mobile. But I was playing it on the PC.
1: If if it comes to mobile, I'll definitely pick it up. Because um, I tried to get into Hearthstone and it just, I don't know, I just couldn't, it just didn't grab me. But like you, I'm really familiar with Elder Scrolls. So that throwing, like, you know, having that universe around it, you know, that would, I would grab it as soon as it comes out on mobile. Because that's, to me, that's perfect for a mobile platform. I'm, I hate phone games, just hate them. Um, even the good <laughs> ones, like, they're just, they, there's just something about it. It just, it's not. Not right, I guess, but a card game, a card game would be perfect. I mean, that's, that's something that would, should exist on a mobile platform to me. So yeah, I would definitely pick it up if it came to mobile. Otherwise, I, I, I hate to say, it, yeah, I probably won't be playing Elder Scrolls Legends on PC. I just, I can't see myself playing a card game on PC, but. I don't know. Unless I could just throw it on a second screen while I'm working or something. So
0: another cool aspect about this game that I forgot to mention is that... So in a normal card game, you have one area where you place down cards, right? Not that hard to think about. In Elder Scrolls, there's different phases. Like, so there there's two halves of the board. So one half of the board is, like, normal. You put a card down, whatever. Then there's sometimes where you get these areas where it's, like, shadow or something. And that character can't be attacked for, like, a turn. But it's very in the flavor of Elder Scrolls of, like... If you're playing a guy with like a wolf deck, he one of those sides will be a wolf, uh, a shadow kind of area. It's so like these wolves are obviously sneaking up on you because they're very stealthy and stuff like that. Um the flavor is super in there though. Uh I don't want to get I don't want say anything else. I want to hear what you have to say about it, Jordan. What do you what do you think?
2: That the Elder Scrolls one sounds cool. Of course, Gwent is worth mentioning again. I wish that I had like you, Dom. I wish it was on some of their platform than just inside the Witcher game. (laughs) Um, Mass Effect, yeah, that's another great example, Jared. I would love to see that. Um, You know, a really cool thing would be how they have at PSX, they have these card decks that you get going around for visiting, like, you know, different booths. And if you could incorporate that into a game that everyone could play, even if they're not at PSX, but it's like a, it's kind of like uh, PlayStation All-Stars, but it's a card game version, and it's got Cole from Infamous and Parappa the Rapper and you know Kratos and all this other crap. That would be really cool. Speaking of this,
0: this actually goes back to your topic.
2: Especially on Vita.
0: I think that they should make more, more uh, tangible board games from video games. The Dark Souls board game actually... Past a million on Kickstarter, right in like 24 hours or 12 hours or i think it was
1: three yeah.
2: minutes three minutes the bloodborne Jesus. bloodborne board game got really popular really quick
0: i just i think that that's a market that video games aren't taking enough of like even a is there a tangible version of gwent like that you can buy like gwent cards
2: the so they for the original dlc pack and it looks like they're going to do it for the one that's coming up this summer blood and wine they did, like, physical versions of the DLC packs, and in those physical versions, you got uh, Gwent packs.
0: That's cool. That's awesome, yeah. yeah.
2: But you have to buy that special edition, which, once again, you can't just buy a Gwent pack, or you can't just buy it on the App Store, which that They could sucks. make
1: so much money if, man...
0: I'm surprised yep. um, Marvel hasn't come out with, uh, they had a card, like a physical card game I remember back in the day, and they might still be running, but it's obviously not probably super su- successful, like if they made a, a card game hub kind of like Legends or Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering, I think it would do all right, like people love superheroes enough now that if you make it unique enough to that, you know, that universe, I think it could do well. Uh Sure. I just loved the Elder Scrolls Legends. It was it was really fun. I was like, I'm going to get in here and see what the game's about, play for like 10-ish minutes. I played for two and a half to four hours. I don't even remember huh. how long it was because I, I was just having so Two much
1: and there. a half to four hours. It was somewhere. somewhere in there. I don't remember. It was like a day or seven or it was, so. Yeah, I it was
0: like three years. Yeah. Um, what year is it? But I, I can't stress enough how cool the voice acting in this game was and the storytelling. Like That definitely set it apart. And I know it's it kind of weird to play a, a card game on your PC, Dom, but as I was playing it, I had my headphones on, and I was listening to these voice actors and listening to this narrative, and it hooked me. It was really fun. It was really cool. It didn't feel like I was playing a card game. It felt like I was going on this adventure that happened to be through cards, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't even know if it's open sign-up. Like, if you just sign up, you can play it. I don't know. I just saw that it was available, so I signed up, and they're like, we'll send invites out to people. You know, cause you know how some betas are like, everyone who signs up gets a gets a code. Some of them are more limited. I didn't really specify that. So, if you're listening to this, go Google Elder Scrolls Legends beta sign up and see if you can get into it because it's fun.
1: So for this game or others, I mean, if you're playing, you I mean, if you're playing on your PC, like, are you you're playing against other people or?
0: No. So there's there's two different modes. Um, okay. There's single player mode, which you play against AI scripted AI. Right. Um, scripted in the sense of like they have the same deck, but. The, you'll not always see it in the same order. Like, they won't play this card, this card, this card, this card. Um, but it's, you know, a, char- a unique character with a unique deck and a unique flair, that kind of stuff. Um, and there's also the uh, multiplayer aspect. Cool thing about this game is, do you guys remember the... What was it? The gauntlet or... What was it, In Oblivion? What is it called? Like, the arena that you fight in? The... Uh... Didn't play Oblivion. Did you play yeah, Oblivion? I didn't play Oblivion. Well, no. so there was a, there was an arena. I don't know if it was in Skyrim. I don't think so. But there was an arena where you would fight other people a Gladiator Pit. And depending on how well you did in the Gladiator Pit, your your title would move up and you'd get better rewards, right? And as you moved up, there was different fights. Like you'd fight two mages at the same time. You'd fight this dude with a giant axe. You'd fight this dude with two wolves by his side. Um, the multiplayer is like that in the sense of you have a ranking and it's a Gladiator Pit essentially. So you're fighting these other people in this Gladiator Pit. It does have a multiplayer aspect. It's really cool. Um, obviously, deck building makes experiences unique. They have cool title cards, and they have titles that you earn based on specific "quote unquote" achievements uh, that you pull off. I beat a I beat a uh, somebody in six turns, so I got a title uh, "Speedy" or "Speed Demon" or something. So that makes my my profile unique and stuff like that. They have little things that are really cool that lead you on the steps of wanting to play this game.
1: Because um, I could I could see myself getting into it. I could see myself sitting on my PC and you know playing cards with a couple of friends, right? And talking and chatting the whole time. and Yeah, that's that what I used thing. to do with
0: Hearthstone is I have a couple of friends that have Hearthstone installed and he'd be like, check out this new deck I got and we just play each other and you can privately play each other and check it out and just have fun. And it's a very passive way to spend time with your friends. You know, it's Right, cool to exactly, out exactly. You're in a, a lobby with your friends and playing a game that you're focusing on. But a card game, yeah, it takes skill and you have to pay attention, but it's a lot more passive of experience of clicking and actually focusing on the conversation you're having. So it's a really cool way to bond with friends and stuff like that
1: that's that's why I never really got into destiny or I never cared to get into the division or any multiplayer multiplayer games recently like I just immediately just shove them aside because like I it's not the same playing those kind of games by yourself I mean sure there's some fun to be had but I think most of the fun is playing with other people and socializing while while whatever else is going on I guess
0: yeah the biggest problem with the division is I love the division I don't want to level up too far past my friends um, because we want to have the same experience. And they're not always down to play when I want to play. So I really kind of feel held back by that. Not necessarily by my friends. I guess possibly by my friends, but just the way the game's designed. Uh, It's been probably my biggest issue with The Division is I want to finish that game, but I kind of feel cornered into waiting for my friends to move along with me. And it's really held me back in completing that game as opposed to a single player experience. And it's my choice on how I decided to play the game. I know that. But you know, a single player experience where I move it at my own pace. I can beat the whole game in a night. Or I can beat uh, beat it in the course of a week. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And like, I don't know, this game was just cool. It was a surprise. I didn't even know the beta was happening. Um, I just had a lot a, a lot of fun with it. It was re- a really
1: cool. Also, surprise. just just hatched an idea in the old noggin. I would be really into something that was um, multiplayer but asynchronous. Sort of like, um, if you guys ever played Words with Friends on your phone. So like yeah. you could you could play you know you play a word. And then, like, a day or a week later, the other person can play it, you know? Yeah. It's basically leaving a message. I could see something, I don't know exactly how it would work, but a card game, in that vein, like a mobile game, right, where, like, you play a card, and it would just, it would be easier for me, um, because it's so hard for me to sync up with other people to play at the same time. It's an interesting concept, and it opens up
0: a lot more possibilities people play your game, because one of the biggest gripes is, like, with any game is, I'm busy, So if it's a game where you don't have to be there at the same time with somebody and you can do it at your own pace, that could open up avenues for a lot of different things.
1: Maybe we should develop this game, Jared.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Trademark, Controlled Interest 2016. Um, So before we get into the outro and everything, uh, what are we going to be playing this week? So I'm going to be playing a couple more chapters of Dead Space, playing Smite as always. Um, Definitely going to be playing more of uh, Elder Scrolls Legends. I don't know how... Big the beta is I completed eight chapters Each chapter is a mission And that consists of Story elements Before and after it Um, So they're actually Pretty long I don't know how much Is left in the Single player experience I'll definitely be Playing some multiplayer Uh, I'm trying to think Of what else Oh um, Jordan I actually Was able to get in About an hour and a half To two hours of Sunset Overdrive I love it
2: Yeah I forgot to say that At the beginning of the
0: show That what what we've been playing Um, I made like an Asian girl With like a weird haircut uh, nice. It's fun. It's just, it, it's exactly what I expected. Uh, just a fun time, and that's exactly what it is. So. And
1: it was free.
0: Uh, yeah, well, as I'm a gold member, but yeah, free. Um, yeah, so that's what I, what I plan on playing.
2: I've been thinking a ton about Sunset Overdrive this week playing Ratchet & Clank, because obviously they're the same developer, but um, Sunset Overdrive takes a lot of influence from the Ratchet & Clank series with all its crazy guns and weaponry. But, uh, so yeah, speaking of, I'll be, I'm assuming that I'm going to be, uh, completing Ratchet and Clank this week, but, um, at some point I might go back for the Platinum and play through the challenge mode just because it is such a fun game. Um, I'm getting closer and closer to that Borderlands Platinum. Uh, like I said, I just got one trophy left and it's getting to level 50, but I'm at level 43, and once you hit 40, it's, like, just a slog for the next 10 oh, levels. So I'm pushing through the DLC to get me bumped up. Um, so, yeah, that should be it. Uh, still working on Persona 3, that 100-hour game. Um, should we call you I'll in, like, 10
1: years? Maybe you'll be done
2: with it? I, I I don't know. I'm just kind of parsing it out and, and letting it <laughs> It'll be it part flow, of the episode
0: 500 special.
2: <laughs> I'll finish it. And I'll finish it before episode 20. Or I'll cut my hair off, which is not good. Whoa. I guess I just made a bet.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I did forget to mention I did beat, uh, rather, I defeated the evil King Ganondorf in Ocarina uh, a week or two ago. Um, but going forward, uh, I want to finish Ratchet and Clank up in the next week or two. And then I'll just keep on playing Dark Souls. So earlier today, I uh, spent a little while fighting this boss that you know, i probably. Put in seven or eight attempts, and I finally beat what they, they're called the Abyss Walkers. But yeah, otherwise, it's uh, com- we're coming up on Uncharted Four, I think, isn't it May tenth?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, just a couple weeks away. I'm getting yeah. excited, man.
1: Ah, uh, Uncharted Four. little Nathan Drake.
2: You're missing these exclusives over oh. here, Jared.
0: I'm good. I have <laughs> I have uh, what? I have female Nathan Drake. I'm good.
2: Female Nathan Drake. Well, you don't have a female Lombax, do you, kid? <laughs> no. Because go cr- they don't exist. Well, they don't anymore since all the Lombaxes are dead.
0: Thank you guys for joining us for Episode 8 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. As always, if you want to uh, see these parts on YouTube, they go up Monday through Friday, each part individually, and then the full episode posts on Friday. Uh, if you want to listen on iTunes, just uh, search Controlled Interest on the iTunes store. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Twitter at CTRLINT. Any follow or subscription definitely helps us. We're giving away a physical copy of episode seven, Star Wars The Force Awakens. When we reach uh is it fifty followers on Twitter, Dom? 50. 50 followers on Twitter. Uh, and we actually have another giveaway for speedrunners once we reach 20 subscribers on YouTube. So definitely subscribe to our YouTube. Even if you're not gonna watch it, the subscription helps us out. Uh yeah, thank you guys as always for your support. Share us if you can. The more ears we get to, the more the show grows. And uh, any closing words, guys, before we head out?
2: Praise the sun. May the force be with us all.
0: (laughs) See you guys in episode nine. Bye.